Hi, you're listening to Open Data Discussions, where we will share stories on sustainable open data, effective programs, and most of all, effective leadership. My name is Jason Hare, the Open Data Evangelist for Open Datasoft, and I'll be the host of the series. Today on the show, in our first ever installment, I'm joined by Mark Leach, the Technical Services Manager at the City of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Welcome, Mark. Let's let Mark introduce himself. Hi, Jason. Good to be here. My name is Mark Leach. I'm with the uh, Albuquerque Police Department um, here in Albuquerque. Uh, and I've been doing this job now for 18 months. Before then, I headed up the open data program for the city of Albuquerque. Very good. Uh, so you've been very successful in putting Albuquerque on the map in regards to open data. Tell us how all this got started there and how you got involved. Thanks, Jason. Well, this for us, this got started back in 2008, and really, uh, you'll, you'll remember a lot of the things that were going on at that time. This was uh, uh, Bell City. Uh, we're having some bad times, and really, the, the transparency movement was uh, getting started. Uh, and, and for us, Open Data really grew out of uh, efforts in transparency. Mayor Berry, he challenged us to uh, put together a transparency website. And after we did that, we started thinking about uh, what we were doing in terms of telling the story. And if you think about transparency, basically it's a reactive story. You're putting things out there. The media come at you and say, hey, this is wrong, this is wrong, and so on. You work through those. But what we wanted to do is to really start thinking about how can we turn that into a proactive narrative and how can we make it more of a positive story? How can we get more collaboration and innovation going? And so really, for us, the open data movement within Albuquerque grew out of that whole episode. Oh, very good. Uh, and I think you really hit on a good point there. Um, I noticed that most open data programs that thrive and are sustainable uh, seem to be uh, proactive based like, like Albuquerque's and less uh, reactive based and less of a checkbox transparency kind of effort. Um, I know I've seen you at a lot of conferences and we've talked about a few things uh, uh, on open data topics. So uh, I do have a, I'm curious, where do you think we are today in terms of of the validity of open data as a movement? I think that's a great question. Uh, there's two parts in, in, in answering that. And the first part is, I think the question as to whether or not open data is a valid uh, tool for city governments, I think that's done and dusted. And I think the answer is yes, definitely it is. Uh, if there's a city or an agency that doesn't have an open data strategy, I think it really is on the tail end. And I think it will have a strategy sooner as opposed to later. That said, I think really, uh, if you think in terms of the uh, Gartner hype curve, I think we're coming out of the kind of like trough of disillusionment in a way. Uh, there have been some situations where good as open data is, we have to be more careful in terms of what we're doing in terms of uh, privacy and, and security. Uh, and there's also areas where open data has not been as successful as we might have wanted it to be or as useful. Uh, and now we're starting to see the, the kind of like the good stuff coming out, the, the real opportunities for collaboration and innovation. Well, that's great. That's great to hear. And I very much agree with you that um, – that, I think that question has been settled. Are you going to open data? Uh, yes, at some point you you will, right? Uh, but if yeah. anything, what could be done to uh, better regarding managing open data programs? So you touched on a few highlights there, but uh, in terms of your own experience in Albuquerque, what did you see that, that really made it as, as effective as it is? That's a really good question. Uh, and there's so many layers to that. Uh, for us in Albuquerque, to touch on a few, uh, one of the key parts is to get a signature data set out there that, that really everybody can latch onto. And for us, that was uh, working with Google Transit to release uh, Albuquerque bus uh, location data in real time uh, using GTFS. Uh, and and that, that allowed uh, pe uh, 
politicians to get in front of the camera and to say, yes, you know, this is what open data looks like. It's not this kind of like abstract thing. It's real and, uh, and uh, can, can make a difference. Uh, it allowed the vendors uh, and also pretty well anybody who, who can hook up to that data feed to build something and actually get their hands dirty and, 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 and kind of like come away and say, yes, this is what open data did for me. But I also think it's important to get a handle on what's going on on the back end. Uh, really, a data set is only a good, as good as the data it's being provided on. And I think really, especially in, in, in city government, it's sometimes very difficult to uh, really manage the data. Uh, and, and make sure the data quality is, is sufficiently well understood by everybody so that you can give an honest uh, account of this is what this data set is, this is what it's good for, this is what it's not so good for, uh, and, and kind of uh, jointly move on to, together for, uh, from that. And I think the other key part of it is that you have to bring everybody on board. It's not just um, city government doing this on its own. It's not just IT doing it on its own. It's not just um, kind of like technologists in, in, in the community saying, hey, we want this data. Everybody's gets, got to get together around a table um, and, and kind of like just uh, figure out what they can do as opposed to what they can't. Wow, that's, that's a really good answer. Um, I completely agree with you that uh, the engagement piece, you know, there, there's a, you know, I was at the uh, uh, Open Data Summit at the White House. Uh, there was a joke that this might be the first and last Open Data Summit. Um, and I was sitting next to the chief data officer for the USDA, and he said, uh, uh, the technology is 5% of the equation and uh, engaging stakeholders, both uh, inside the government and outside, is 95% of what my job is. And I wanted to just kind of get your thoughts on what you thought about that or what you think about that quote. And does, does it seem like that applies to uh, your role? Absolutely. I, I think I agree 100%. Uh, the technology is that, not that difficult. I mean, if you think about it, um, HTTP, the, the underlying web transport pro protocol of the web, it's been around for a long time. Uh, we're not using uh, radically new file formats, or if we are, that we, we're documenting them very well. As, uh, but I also think it's uh, coming down to understanding your data and really do you have mastery uh, of your data. Um, and as much as we work to, together with the, uh, the community, We've also got to be inward looking as well and, and work with our business units that, uh, and the people who actually produce the data because they're the people who've really got the hand, the, the feet on the ground, that the, they understand the data and what they're doing with it. And sometimes um, as they, they do their work, they're finding ways around the system for legitimate reasons. So all of a sudden, what you thought might have been true, say, a few years ago, the business process has changed, which it should do. Uh, and so that may mean they have to re-examine and kind of get, get a better hold over, over the data that you're actually putting out. Well, I, I like your emphasis on uh, data quality because you're right. The, uh, the, the data that uh, comes out of the system that gets put onto the portal is really only as good as the data governance to begin with. And that's uh, uh, something I think that gets sometimes lost in the equation. I know you and I have had conversations, um, you know, over the years about the stuff under the hood, nobody sees, right? So uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to get leadership buy-in on that data governance and uh in but what does you know get leadership excited is a uh, really good crime map right so um just wondering if you had any thoughts on on what i on that statement what i just said i think it's true and i think the other part of this that, that, that can happen is that you know government really wants to do its best i mean it's easy to kind of like ding government for being you know lazy stupid slow and all, and all that kind of thing but uh, during my career at the city, uh, I, I, I'm always surprised about how really dedicated people are to doing their best. And I think that's the interesting thing about data quality. Uh, a lot of the time we, we uh, hear things like, 
I'm not going to put it out because I'm afraid that one record out of 10,000 might be wrong. So therefore, I won't put anything out of uh, out at all. And I think the challenge has been, certainly from my side in, in, in articulating what open data can do, is to be able to say, well, look, you know, hang on. Um, maybe it doesn't have to be 100% perfect. Maybe we can go with kind of like, you know, 99.9999% and then work towards that final final goal. And I think once people get more comfortable uh, with the fact that look, we're, not, we're not expecting perfection here, uh, then it's almost like uh, there's this air of relief. It's few. Thank goodness I can tell my story and I can show things and I, I, I can be honest about what I'm doing. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. I've always thought that uh, the quality of the data should fit the criticality of the mission, right? There should be like a fit between uh, how much you obsess over data quality. Uh, certainly, you should think about it, but um, you're right. Uh, one record out of 10,000 isn't really going to uh, uh, move the needle in any direction. Um, so I just want to uh, dig a little deeper into uh, some models for open data programs. Um, so I think you and I agree on this. While they're not a silver bullet in regards to uh, government performance management, uh, do you think uh, open data does have a seat at that table, like uh, in performance management in general? I definitely think it does. Uh, and, and actually, we, we've identified internal uh, city government as, as the second biggest use of, use of open data within the city of Albuquerque, which kind of like came as a shock. But then we thought about it, and it's, you know, you, you've got this kind of like concept of a bureaucracy. And sometimes, you know, just going to the open data portal is actually a faster way for internal folk to uh, get, get answers to questions that they have. And actually, that, that then starts to um, become a positive feedback loop because then the performance metrics that we put out, uh, it becomes almost self-regulating because everybody's now singing from the same hymn book, as it were. Uh, and it means that, you know, that, that definition of what the data is, because, again, definitions really, really do matter. Uh, it becomes widely accepted and, and it, it, it's you know, almost becomes a self-regulating standard at that point. Oh, very cool. Uh, so is uh, Albuquerque right now, does it have uh, a, a link between uh, the open data program and, and uh, uh, like, say, let's say uh, your strategic plan or any uh, strategic initiatives uh, going on in Albuquerque? Uh, I think we're starting to see that because, again, uh, what we've taken – we were very much, uh, when we put this open data program together, it was very much kind of like ad hoc. And the reason for that is we were really worried about kind of like too big to fail. Uh, so what we did was we took a real Silicon Valley mentality. We, we, we kind of like start a small scale, uh, uh, start small, think big, scale fast. Took that kind of an approach. And the idea was that we would only do data sets really where there was a, a big demand for it. So um, if you were in the community, the chances were you were going to get uh, a, a request fulfilled probably quicker than it would have been if you were internal to city. But what we're seeing is a real convergence in the way that we, we um, are thinking in terms of the data sets that we'd like to put out and also what, what the public would like to see. So I think over the next, uh, I want to say kind of like uh, 18 months, I think, I think you'll definitely see some more convergence on that. For example, uh, some of the ideas we've got is that, um, especially for performance management, the data will go out there and also we'll be building graphs that actually function off the same data set. So the idea is, because again, we're, we're trying to appeal to different audiences here. The idea will be that if you're uh, an academic or a researcher or a, a policy, uh, you know, what our mayor would call a policy wonk, the idea is that you can go after the hard data, the spreadsheet pull, or, or, the, or the CSV and pull it down. On the other hand, if you're just curious to see how, um, you know, a member of the public and you just want to find out more about how the how city operates, then you're probably not going to be interested in, in the hard data. You're probably going to be interested in more of a graphical interpretation of it. 
But the idea is that both will drive from the same uh, same underlying data source. Interesting. So you, you've basically put together a grid of different kinds of stakeholders. And, and I'm just curious, since we're talking about performance management and uh, I've been talking a lot with Andrew Ballard and uh, John Stevens, uh, Andrew at uh, Rutgers and John Stevens at UNC about some of the issues in performance management and open data. Um, I'm just curious to see if you kind of subscribe to the same stakeholder grid model or uh, even performance management logic model that uh, Rutgers has put forth where they have a, a grid of uh, low interest, low power stakeholders, and they group them as citizens, for example. Then you have uh, low interest, uh, high powered stakeholders that might be um, uh, running interference, like like stopping the program from happening. Then you have uh, uh, high interest, uh, low power stakeholders, and then uh, high powered, high interest stakeholders. Do you, do you have that kind of grid or, or how do you bucket uh, your stakeholders? It's a variation on that. Uh, I mean, we, what we did was because uh, this is more my kind of like background, I, I took a kind of like a very soft approach and I, I kind of like had almost like caricatures in my mind of each of the people we were trying to outreach, uh, reach out to. So, for example, the person who has just seen an article on the nine o'clock news or, or the evening news uh, and then wants to go and find out if it's really true. Um, in my head, they would be, you know, and I build up a kind of like a, a demographic picture of what they would be, what they'd be interested in, what kind of like a technical ability would they have. And then we really try to model our needs to that. So that, so you've got the casual end user who would be definitely one one perspective. Um, we've also got the hardcore researcher uh, like, like uh, John Stevens, for example. Uh, he's going to be somebody who's more familiar with Excel. He can download files, he can manipulate them, uh, and he's very comfortable doing his own analysis. And then somewhere in between, we've got kind of like folk like the media, um, who are, you know, you know, a journalist doing a story. Uh, they, they uh, again, are curious, uh, trying to find out information, may not have the time or the inclination to do all the hardcore analytics. So somewhere in between, that, you know, the, the two use cases, we've got to fit that guy. And then uh, as you start thinking about it and as your data program grows, you realize there are more and more people. We've got the software de developer. We've got the entrepreneur. We've got the, you know, and you, and you can fit all these profiles. And it's kind of fun to do that, but it's also very useful because in, in, in my mind, it's, it, it kind of like puts a face to the name. No, oh, yeah. It's kind of like uh, personas in UX, right? So you kind of develop a modeled person that, that uh, kind of fits a profile of, and you yeah, you come up with... Very very much so, very okay. much so. And the reason we did that, again, that's coming back to kind of like the Code for America idea that really who's government designed for? Government's designed for the end users. So if I'm putting out something out there that people can't use, we've got, we've got a major problem. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, something that Andrew, Andrew Ballard said, uh, and I've, I just don't know why I love this quote so much, but he said that uh, in terms of... Uh, uh, government performance management models that open data is often the uh, beauty pageant of uh, performance management models. Um, and he showed some uh, different cities that had some big flaws in their logic model. So it's not really tied to the particular vendor as, as opposed to the performance management model that the uh, government organization chooses. So I'm just curious, what, what do you think uh, of what Andrew Ballard said about open data being the air quote beauty pageant of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think this, and again, this is part of my uh, trough of despondency in the, in the Gartner hype cycle. Um, I, I think really 
the problem that we've had to a certain degree is, is how do you explain open data? How do you, how do you articulate that to, to the average people in the street? Data you can't see, you can't feel it, you can't touch it, but does it exist? Can you see the impact of it? Yes, absolutely, you can. But still, we have this problem that, to a certain extent of, of how, how do you tackle that kind of um, perception? And I think we have this beauty pageant of, of kind of like, you know, uh, open data portals uh, that kind of like the obsession is is to show something eye, eye-catching and glittery. And, and sometimes I think as, as, as a movement, we've lost the, wait a minute, we're actually trying to provide something meaningful with the data to, to people's lives. And I think kind of like to a certain extent, we've lost that kind of like connection. So I think I agree with them to a certain extent. I think the opportunity is to fairly easily get back to kind of like, you know, look, we're producing data because data is important and data, you know, this this data set here that I'm produ- uh, producing for you has value to your life. And I think that's how you, how you bridge that disconnect. Oh, very good. Uh, so again, I think we're uh, coming back to a theme here that we're seeing emerging in this conversation that again, uh, technology is not the silver bullet. It's not the, you know, panacea for of creating that engagement, but it actually takes, you know, effort and will to make that happen. And uh, it sounds like that Albuquerque's done a good job about that. So would you mind talking a little bit about um, how you have engaged with these uh, different stakeholders? Sure. And, and I think you're right. Really, really the end user engagement. I mean, ultimately, you know, we, uh, I like to think about data, producers of data and consumers of data. And you need both because otherwise you're either going to drain, drain the marketplace or you're going to flood the marketplace. And it's kind of like, how do you get that balance? So uh, what I did when, I, when we were uh, in the early days was I, I, I uh, pounded the pavements. I, I went out and talked to a lot of people. Uh, again, uh, I knew in my head the, some of the kind of audiences that I was going to be encountering, and so I could you know, create those personas as, as that we've already talked about. Uh, on the other hand, I, I went out and I listened a lot as well. Uh, listen to the stories that people had, how they what, how they thought they, they could use data. And so really it was kind of like juggling all those in, in, in my head and kind of like, you know, coming up with, a, with an answer. And then uh, another thing that we do is if we had data that we were going to uh, release uh, to the public, uh, I, I used to kind of like make it available to people almost like as a, qu- a quiet beta test. Look, kick the tires on this. Is there anything that, that uh, we are doing wrong that is either not going to benefit you or are we putting ourselves in harm's way and really having that frank dialogue about that. Uh, and then at that point, what, what it allowed us to do was to be able to say, hey, um, these are the kinds of applications that people can write. Because again, you know, when you go live with a data set, it's always handy if you've got a kind of like a ground floor tenant almost, somebody to show you, you know, th- this is the potential for this kind of data set. And it's, you know, to use another metaphor, um, it's almost like build a, be- a better mousetrap. I challenge you, can you do better than, than what these people did over here? So then you start having a cluster around this, uh, a cluster of, of, of users around this particular data, data set, uh, all starting to talk, all starting to think about uh, ways in which it can be improved. So again, um, a lot of pounding uh, pavements, a lot of talking to uh, tech groups, a lot of talking to user groups, uh, a lot of talking internally as well to kind of like negotiate and, and, and uh, broker that agreement so that people internally to the city, they felt comfortable releasing the data. Uh, people outside the city, they felt comfortable with the data they could, they, they, they were getting and, and kind of like make it so that, um, you know, as close as possible, everybody got what they wanted. Oh, well, that's great. Um, so the next question, um, actually I actually have two questions. So I'll just, uh, ask one of them at a time. I, I almost, uh, asked you two questions and one question, which probably not, not be very easy to answer, but are there, uh, national conversations, um, that influence uh, some of the data sets that that city of Albuquerque releases. And I'll give you an example. 
Um, so in the town of uh, Chapel Hill, um, which is one of the ones I worked on, uh, the conversation about the uh, quality of police interaction, it was certainly a topic of conversation. In fact, uh, Chief Blue from the town of Chapel Hill came out and said that uh, some of the data that he looked at in the open data program has caused him to make some policy changes. Uh, and that was based around this national conversation, again, on the quality and nature of policing. Um, have have you noticed any influences from uh, national conversations or anything at the federal level that might be influencing what's happening in Albuquerque? Definitely. I, th- I think they're few and far between. And I think it's almost uh, a question of how do you get plugged into those conversations. But definitely in terms of public safety, there's the police data initiative. Uh, that seems to be doing very well right now in terms of kind of like uh, standardizing and, and, and asking reasonable questions about the kind of like what what are the semantics of the data that we're publishing. So that's a really good conversation uh, from the public safety angle. Um, another one is uh, folk like the Sunlight Foundation. Uh, they do the uh, open city census. That's been a very interesting dialogue because, you know, how do you define a city in terms of, of the data it provides? Um, I think there's some great uh, aspects of, the, of certainly of, the, of what Sunlight Foundation have done um, to, to kind of like, you know, almost add an element of, of competition to, the, to um, uh, rank how well the city does in terms of open data. I think they've got a way to go to recognize that uh, not all cities are the same. So not necessarily all cities and all governments will be able to produce the same uh, uh, data sets. And what are the implications of that? But I think overall, uh, both those models re- really... Um, they're starting to uh, become the, almost like a de facto standard. So the, there's no kind of like clear, thou shalt produce these data sets to be compliant. Uh, but on the other hand, the, the, there's definitely kind of like um, around, for example, public safety, as I've already mentioned, and, and also just general city government, there's some consensus starting to form about what, what good data should look like. That's, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so speaking of open data censuses, uh, since I, or I don't know, I've, Sorry, I don't know what the plural of census is, uh, but uh, you know, I I have kind of the same feeling you do. I think sometimes um, it's one measuring stick, uh, and we are comparing apples to oranges sometimes with with when we do this. And I just mashed a whole bunch of metaphors all together there. Uh, but um, I'm curious what you think. I I know what I think about uh, when I see an an open data census. I think um, the following, uh, that you're right. There's different forms of governance uh, in the United States. It's definitely a bottom-up type of governance model. And so um, cities and counties often have different services that they offer. And and, uh, so some cities might not have the same services that other cities do. what do you think about the validity of some of these uh, open data census efforts? I think uh, I, I, it's a good question because it's kind of like, in one sense, it's good to be able to uh, provide to the community a list of what data is available. If I'm a developer and I'm kind of like, you know, I've got a project I want to look at, uh, it, it becomes very useful for me to say, okay, uh, this city over here has this data set, this city over here has this data set, so therefore I can develop something that's going to be common between the two. I think where it starts to get really interesting and I think really where we need to do a lot more thinking as a, as a kind of like an open data community is actually thinking about the semantics of that data. And, and just to give you a real simple example, um, if I say the word salary, uh, in everybody's mind that comes up, that conjures different things. It conjures up, is that hourly? Is it monthly? Is it yearly? Is it before tax, after tax? Is it before garnishments, after garnishments? Uh, uh, what, what's in, what's out basically? 
and really uh, you, you can end up with any number of a different um, different definitions and that's part of what gives uh, certainly, certainly uh, on the national level that that part that's part of what provides a rich complexity to to kind of like American life and, and certainly it's, it's not something that you know necessarily needs to go away. But I do think what's more important is to be able to provide really good uh, documentation and, and uh, we call it metadata information, data about the data set. Uh, and as long as you define your terms and you and you're clear uh, and everybody's clear about what is provided. I think that allows kind of like that, that kind of com- complexity to thrive. Wow. Okay. That, that was a great answer. Um, so I got one more question for you and then we're going to wrap it up. And uh, I just want to see if you uh, have any advice for uh, other open data program managers, uh, other people that are involved in open data uh, based on your experiences in Albuquerque uh, in general, uh, how can they create effective data governance? Well, I think it's actually quite easy, and it's a great ending question because this is the one where I get really excited because uh, I, I look back as to what we've done, and it's like, yes, some things worked, some things didn't. But uh, overall, it's just keep in mind it's a fun. It really is a fun growth area, uh, and, and always make sure you're having fun. Uh, this is not something to be kind of like all, all solemn and, and uh, you know serious about. We can do some really cool stuff. I mean, we you know you look at the range of data that Albuquerque has as a city and the data that we publish. We do some cool stuff like pollen data. Uh, and, and, you know, where's the buses? You can draw maps to watch buses moving around. And it's kind of, kind of like, you know, you can really go out and inspire people to, to make their community a better place. But I think to do that, you've also got to have that uh, um, willingness to take risks. And that sounds really, really dangerous in government circles. You know, who's a government risk taker? Uh, but on the other hand, I think it's very, um, you, you, it, it's very true. You've got to be prepared, for example, maybe we don't go with, the same level of data quality that we would submit to, uh, you know, a legislative authority. Maybe there's, it's not going to uh, work for this particular data set, or maybe this uh, other data set will be uh, used more frequently. Well, it doesn't matter. Both data sets are legitimate to put out there. Uh, and, I, and so being willing to experiment, being willing to try new things, talk to new people, and most of all, really listen to what the community wants. I think those are the key parts. Very good. You know, somebody once asked me, um, how much data are we going to release? And I won't name the, the city. And I said, well, uh, how much nerve do we have? Right. That's, that's really the bottom line totally. metric of how much data you can release. But Mark, uh, I just want to thank you for your time today. And uh, thank you all very much for joining us today for this podcast. Uh, this will be a monthly series. So you can expect us once again in a month to share more stories on effective open data programs. You can stay tuned by subscribing to the Open Datasoft newsletter on our website, www.opendatasoft.com, and by following us on social media. Find us on Twitter at opendatasoft.com or on LinkedIn or Facebook. Thank you again, and we hope to be in touch soon. Cool. We appreciate the opportunity.